man. All right, take two. <clears throat> Ready? Uh, this is the Following Faith Podcast, and I am Dan Jacobson, joined in studio with Scott Irwin. Yes. And Daniel Asher. Hey, hey. And missing today again is the lovely Kristen Jacobson. Wah, wah. She is uh, doing a great job. Where's she at? She's uh, educating our kids. Ooh. You guys. You know, it's a new world. It's a new new day. And uh, Kristen has added to her job. She, she, she told me today. She went downstairs. She goes, all right. Going to work. See you later. <laughs> and it's like a full time job. How long just... have you guys been schooling? When did you start? We started. Uh, well, the day that this drops, it'll have been about two weeks. Okay. Um, since we started, uh, so right now, currently, we're about seven days into it, and um, the jury is out. <laughs> actually, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's not bad, but it's not great. And there's yeah. pros and there's cons. And What's I saw she had. I saw she had the Wascos over there today. <laughs> Yeah, well, oh, really? so there was a storm that came through. I think we all had some some sort of ramifications of that, but our internet was out the whole day, and that's like school, man. Like that, it's through that the is night, our power was out, yeah. and through the afternoon, the next day, our power was out. But the Wascos, you know, survived. So uh, <laughs> our kids are in the same class in this online thing, and uh, so they were able to do school together. And it was a reminder that in person is way more uh mm. you know like social there's less anxiety and yeah. social isolation there it's like better together you know oh really oh for sure huh. so i think what we should do at some point here maybe maybe next week is get like um all the homeschool moms and dads and, and all the the teachers and all the public school private teachers and and say hey guys how's it going <laughs> and just like <laughs> just see what happens because i think I, my my hunch would be what I just said is like probably true of everyone like yeah. some pros some cons yeah uh, and, and all whatnot. confusion yeah all confusion so <laughs> uh, you know guys we're recording this uh, episode a little bit earlier than we normally do not that our listeners care when we record this but it's important because uh, the day that this drops Daniel you're gonna be gone mm-hmm. where are you going bro mm-hmm. Jamaica. 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 Why are you going to Jamaica? Don't you know there's a pandemic? You fool. Can't you? Man, we are going to get quarantined on an island. I don't know if it's an <laughs> island. I, honestly, after we... Uh, Jamaica's an island, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, like island. where the... I know it's an island, but I'm saying... <laughs> exactly where we're going to like on this... Oh, on this, yeah. Uh, At your resort. resort. Yeah. Nice. Um, but it's like uh, it's like a little compound. Like you're not allowed to go off. You're not allowed to go anywhere. Um, so we are actually really excited to be like forcefully quarantined in yes. a really chill spot yeah nice um but no it's 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 going we're, we are we're so excited we initially were told that we had to get tested like two to three times and then they switched that around on us so that that, that kind of stress has been a little little relieving um that we don't have to get swabbed like oh yeah three to four times so uh super yeah, happy miserable. about that but we're no we're we're so excited yeah <laughs> man uh i read an article back in i think it was april you know COVID hit and then the tourism industry was kind of unsure what to do and people were out of country and whatnot. And there was a South African um, resort that had people from all over the globe Hmm. still there, but there was one family that could not get back to their home. And so the resort had to stay open just for this one family. And and this person sent a blog out to, I think the New York Times or somebody picked it up. It said, I am quarantined trapped at an all-inclusive resort and it's not all it's cracked up to be. Really? And I I was was interested in that perspective because you would think like, 
waking up in the morning, going down to the pool, having yes. people wait on you hand the and foot. The best place to be quarantined. Yes, but their point was everyone here is only here for us. They're not our friends. They're yeah. they're kind of like obligated to be here. And, and they're very are, resentful to you. Yes, and we're <laughs> stuck. And so we're keeping them from quarantining with their families. Oh, and God. Oh, no. I kind of hope that you get that experience, Daniel, and I hope that you have a better experience than that person did. If I yeah. had to for, if I had to be forced to quarantine for a couple of weeks, I you know I wouldn't hate it. No, I, I think <laughs> not that right now. Yeah, you would come back so angry at not being in Jamaica anymore, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, bro, you uh, were we're you know dropping this uh, episode um, the week that you are gone after your after your uh, your wedding. Um, but dude, you are currently not married. The last two Correct. days of your single, you know, the worst part of your life is about to be over right here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, how, how is it going? What do you, I mean, you're, give us a window into like the scatterbrain thoughts of a bachelor. Yeah, well, things have been uh, moving really fast. I feel like, um, you know, that feeling before you go on a vacation, you're like, golly, I know I don't have everything. Yeah. Like, I know I've made a list. I've checked oh, it yeah. 35 times. Yeah. I do not have everything. That's <laughs> yeah. like this perpetual feeling that we've got in our chest right now. Uh, shout out to Miss Kathy. That's uh, Christina's mom for yeah. kind of inducing some of that. But yeah. she's great. <laughs> hey, she's trying <laughs> she to keep sure you honest, everything. Yeah. Um, but no, um, yeah, a lot of reflecting. I mean, I'm 27. Uh, I've been praying for my wife since I was a little kid. I remember being... Uh, my, one of my very first memories is I was seven years old and my mom had this book that she uh that she, book of prayers that she had written before um any of her any of her kids were born. So while she was pregnant, um she had written out like uh, Monday through Sunday prayers. Um and on Wednesday she would always have this prayer for my future wife and I never it just never uh. I don't know I didn't really understand what she was talking about like who's who's this lady yeah. that you're praying about like oh, this <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Um, until I had like my first heartbreak in, uh, in high school. And I was like, man, um, I want to start praying for my wife. Hmm. Um, so I've got all these prayers written and the past week I've just been reflecting on that. And, uh, you know, when you date, it's really scary to, to give your heart away to somebody. Um, and I don't know, there's just this, this surrealness of getting into this covenant with somebody where it's not about feeling Mm -hmm. um, it's about trust and it's about a covenant between you, her, and, and Jesus. Um, and that is uh, just crazy to think about. And uh, we've been dwelling on that and um, praying about that a ton. That, that, you know, while we're up there on Friday, that it wouldn't be about feeling or about emotion. Yeah. Um, but that would be about a covenant. Absolutely. Those are some deeply insightful words, man. That's, that's really awesome. I, um, I love the thought that, you know, a lot of people, the culture today makes marriage seem like it's the end. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's this mm -hmm. like, like we prize and covet independence as Americans. And to make a covenant to somebody else and say, I'm going to lay down my life for you mm -hmm. because I yeah. love you. I mean, that's truly what love does. It says here, all that I am is for you. Um, it's the beginning of growing old, man. It's the beginning of saying like, this is what God's called me to. And you are the person that I get to choose to love. And, and, uh, I'm excited for you guys, man. I, I, I know, uh, uh, you know, marriage has this daunting stigma to it, but you guys are so well suited for each other. And, uh, yeah. all of us at the campus have watched, uh, your relationship, you know, from, from afar at some points, really close at other points, and just know that 
um, dude, you're probably forgetting something. You totally are forgetting <laughs> yeah, yeah, something, yeah. but you're going to have the best life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. it's going to be the best trip. It's going to be the best life. And uh, one of the reasons I think that's so great is, is we often forget this, is that a wedding is not just about the two people that are mm-hmm. covenanting, mm-hmm. but the reason you have witnesses and the reason that it's so difficult to plan a wedding in COVID world is because witnesses are an important part of a yeah. wedding. It's that community that you're uh, saying, you know, we love each other. Will you join us in yeah. helping us? And so, um, you know, I know. And we feel that. Yeah, we feel that. We feel, it's it's uh, it's daunting to be not only in front of, to be held accountable, not only to um, my future wife, uh, to Christina and her family and my family um, and to God, but also to, you know, physically my church family. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is humbling and uh, in, in some ways terrifying, but I think, I think it should be. I think it should be um, a radical mental shift because yes. we see that it's over 50% of people get divorced. Right. Um, Christian or not. Christian or not. Yeah. Right. Um, and that is, uh, it's it's startling when you really look at the numbers of how many people in church get divorced. So um, the the anxiety I've, I've felt over the past couple of weeks, I've started to kind of almost lean into it. Like, yeah, I'm feeling this weight, this anxiety, because I should. Yeah, because it's important. This it is. is not going to be easy. Thing. Yeah. And if I, you know, uh, commit my commit my me and my wife to God um, in front of all these people, I got to be held accountable. Yeah. And um, I, I think I thank God that he has uh, brought me in a place um, where I have a family that's going to hold me accountable. Like I have been praying for that for so long um, that, that I would be surrounded by people who love me, who love my wife. Um, who love our family and who who um, uh, who hold us accountable? Like that's that's something that so many people don't have. Yep. Um, and it's in a lot of ways their downfall. Yeah, for sure. I, I think about even what we talked about uh, um, a couple of Sundays ago. Yeah. Uh, about community, right? Community guards us. That's one of the things that community does, but it also grows us. Yeah. And um, what you just said is the exact picture of what that looks like. Um, so we're we're pumped, man. I think that kind of incidentally, what you're getting towards is a topic I really want to talk about with you guys because uh, I, I, um, I posted something online uh, not too long ago and it, um, it generated some discussion. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I'll just tell you what I put on there. And I, was, I wonder if we could just kick it around for a second because uh, there are people on both sides of the coin uh, on this one. Um, I had been feeling uh, convicted, uh, particularly as we thought about school going back into session, mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got these big moments of life that are changing. Um, you know, church is totally different. You're planning a wedding in the midst of a pandemic. Um, people are changing the way that they educate their kids. Everything's different. The way we buy groceries these days is different. And uh, and a lot of people just want to go back to 2019. And there's this idea that this year is terrible. Like, mm. <laughs> like so over it. Like, we're so yeah. over 2020. And so I just felt convicted about that because I think our approach to our um, our lives is is, is really going to define our perspective and our our attitudes. And so um, even thinking about you getting married in the midst of a pandemic, uh, it could be the perspective of like, man, this sucks that not everybody can be here. That we gotta you know roll the dice on all this stuff. Yeah. But I believe, and I this is what I put online. I said I believe 2020 is actually the best year ever, not the worst. <laughs> I think is the best year ever. 
And now I didn't give any response. I didn't get any. I didn't give any context to that. I just yeah, said, yeah. "Hey, everybody! I think 2020 is the best year ever." And I wanted to just, just sort of just drop a nade. Just on Facebook yeah, just throw it out there and yeah, say, yeah. "Okay, let's see like where people land on each uh, aisle of this." And and Kristen was so <laughs> kind to tell me, "Dan, you're a moron. Why would you do that? You got to give people context." But I really just truly wanted to get people's unvarnished re- reactions to that. And so some people told me I was high, um, which <laughs> I thought I thought that was hilarious. Uh, some people were like, dude, come back down to earth. Some people were like, man, this has been the hardest year for our family, not mm. for us. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I'm curious. Uh, I'll give you my reasons why I think it's the best year ever, but do you guys feel that too? Just the unvarnished, uh, statement, you know, 2020 is the best year ever. Uh, I, I'm looking at you, Daniel, you're getting married. <laughs> I remember when Chris and I got married at, that was an incredible, incredible moment. Yeah. Um, for us at that point, it was the best year ever. I'm curious, like for you, does, does COVID ruin because your plans are ruined? Does it change your year, your perspective on things? Or, or do you also agree? Like, yeah, even though it's been tough, it's, it's still. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think it's all about perspective. We had a serious conversation with Christina's parents. Um, and they grew up during Vietnam, um, and their parents fought in World War II. And we were just talking about just the perspective of um, why do we even feel like we need to have, uh, mm. you know, this this big reception? Like, what is that about? Yeah. You know, 80 years ago um, or whatever. I mean, it was, uh, we got to go to war tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get hitched. And yeah. then I'm off. Yeah. And I'm complaining about, oh, man, my plans to Italy didn't work out. Shoot, got to go to Jamaica. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> I, need to, I need to shut up and, yeah. and smell the roses a little bit and realize what I've uh, mm. what I've truly been gifted with. Um, and I think it's been a year of that I think it's been a year of um, just kind of peeling back the veil, um, realizing that which we have. And I know just in my family, I have never been closer to my family. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I feel like there are uh, a lot of wounds that are being um, mended right now wow. um, in a time where it's like, I don't I don't think that would have happened if we wouldn't have come to this realization um, as a family. Um, just of how how brittle and frail we are and how subject to, um, I don't know, just stuff falling around us and that that impacting us. Um, it's made us realize just how much we need each other desperately. Hmm. Um, it's been a wild year, but yeah. I think it's I think it's about perspective. and I think I think honestly, this is one of the best years of my life because um, I've um, you know, ref, honestly, I've refallen in love with the church um, this past year. Uh, I was a a uh, couple years running, um, I don't know, just, I don't want to say my heart wasn't in it, but I wasn't, um, running at full steam with a full, uh, understanding truthfully of why we gather. Sure. And, um, I, the past six months I've been, um, dwelling on, on why it is that we gather, what, what, what Jesus is doing in the room when we gather, how like, dude, without the sacrifice of Christ, like our worship isn't acceptable to God, the father. So it doesn't, it doesn't even matter, uh, what a stage looks like or what instruments sound like or anything like that. It matters that, that Christ is there, um, because our worship doesn't mean anything without him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's been a year of perspective for me. Awesome. Yeah. What do you think, Scott? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe it gets to semantics. I agree. Like it's perspective, but, um, yeah, how how are you defining best? Because I know there are a lot of people who would unequivocally say this is not the best year of my life. I lost my yeah. job. Right. I've 
uh, grown farther away from my family. Yep. Um, every aspect of my them. life has been difficult. I've had severe depression during this time. Um, and so I guess it just depends on how you define best because uh, people have really struggled during this time. And I know you're not saying that, you know, to be instinctive yeah, or whatever. But. I don't want to, I don't want to put that statement out there and neglect the fact that this has been a hard year. Mm-hmm. Cause I would agree. I could have easily said, I strongly believe with all my heart that 2020 has been the hardest year yeah, of yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, so best and hardest are related in some way. Yeah. Right. Oh, I totally, I totally am learning that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of, I think what the realization was for me to even want to provoke something online is to say, I know that, uh, you know, here, at, here at church, we've all been watching our budget a lot closely. And with that comes our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. We've all been kind of wondering like how sustainable yeah. is this and whatnot. And so we're not, we've not been immune in 2020 <laughs> yeah. from fears about our future. Um, you know, we've, we've had to make massive changes to the way that we run ministries and what we believe, uh, we can achieve. Um, we've had to upend, mm-hmm. uh, educational systems. We've had to, I remember, uh, Kristen and I had, had the early days. I don't know if I should laugh about this because we were so like unsure of what to do, but we made like rice and beans the first like two weeks. <laughs> I remember her mom being like, yeah, we're going to cook out some steak tonight back in April on the phone. And, and I was like, you're having steak. Don't you know what's going on right now? And, and we were like, literally, we were like, we couldn't, yeah. we couldn't get toilet paper. We were like, what is happening? Um, and so I don't want to say this hasn't been a different year or mm-hmm. a hard year. What I want to say, and I think, Scott, you're teeing me up. What do you mean by best? Yeah. What I mean by best, and I think as any person of faith, and that just kind of gets to the heart of our podcast, what does it mean for us to follow Christ mm-hmm. in the midst of a really difficult time? I think the more we press into God and the more we see God provide and protect and guide and lead and always be there with us in the valley of the shadow of death, fearing Mm -hmm. no evil, Mm -hmm. the more we experience that, the more I'm drawn in faith to trust in God. I don't think I've ever trusted that God has a plan for my life, whether or not that means more money next year than I have this year or a job, you know, we're getting paid right now to talk into microphones. It does not get more cush than that. Right. (laughs) So listeners, thank you for indulging us. But, but like, like God has allowed for us to pivot in this, this difficult season to still find a way to do ministry. Mm -hmm. I, um, I have, Chris and I have not prayed more about, I think our kids education Mm -hmm. than we have this year. So I'm thanking God that I have an opportunity to exercise faith. I don't think I've ever had an opportunity to exercise faith more than I have in 2020. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of gets back to in, in, in uh, one of my one of heroes that I've read a lot about uh, and, and studied his preaching is a guy named Phillips Brooks. When Abraham Lincoln was shot, he gave the eulogy for Abraham Lincoln. That's not a bad gig uh, for a preacher. Um, he wrote that song, A Little Town of Bethlehem. But he also said this. I want to quote it because it's uh, something that I think is really helpful. I've said this from our pulpit before. He once said, do not pray for easy lives. Pray to be stronger men. That's a statement in itself right there. Then he says, do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Right? Isn't that like kind of like the American way is like, God, I've got so much potential. Give me something that shows off how much potential I have. He says, don't pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Mm. And I think for the first time, in 2020, I felt insufficient, right? Like I need power from the Lord to be able to even stay connected to the brothers and sisters in our church and to be able to know how to encourage our uh, church family. I I, got to have powers 
from the Lord to know how to do funerals in this weird day and age and weddings in this weird Mm -hmm. day and age. He says, if you do that, if you pray for powers equal to your tasks, then the doing of your work shall be no miracle, but you yourself shall be a, a miracle. Every day you shall wonder at yourself at the richness of life, which has come to you by the grace of God. So I think with that, I would argue Christian perspective Mm -hmm. that no matter what I face, I have an opportunity to approach it with faith. Yeah. I know those words face and faith are hard to say, (laughs) Uh, but, but when, no matter what I face, I can approach it with faith. I think that allows us then to, as Christians say, no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what my job's doing, no matter what, what, what it's doing to my family, you know, almost like hell or high water, Mm -hmm. uh, God is with me. And I've never felt that presence more Mm. than I have today. It was interesting to me uh, on uh, on the comment section. One lady uh, was totally on the same wavelength with me. And uh, she's a a member of our church. And um, she's been through, I mean, she's someone who who, uh, very easily could have um, already gone home to see Christ. You know, she's been through some medical conditions, some really challenging situations and been healed miraculously by by uh, out of that. And she said, you know, this is absolutely the best year of our church's life because God hmm. is present with us in a way that we've never felt it before. Hmm. And I just wanted to like, you know, I don't want to discourage or, or downplay other people's comments on that feed because I, I truly appreciate and understand where they're coming from. And I get why people would be like 2020 stinks. Like this is the worst year. Yeah. But that perspective really resonated with me as wisdom. Hmm. Someone who's been through a lot of life and almost death saying, no, 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 you guys, we have a chance to push into God. Like, how great is this? Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that would be why I think 2020 uh, is the greatest year ever. Okay, so <laughs> now that's what I mean by yeah. like best year ever. Yeah. How do we think about that? Are all years then the best year ever? You know, leaning into, you know, if it's, if it's separated from my circumstance, um, is every year and every opportunity the best? This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then it just becomes semantics and best doesn't mean anything. Or the other side of that, should I be constantly praying for the most difficult life ever? Question. Right. So that, like, are we only sanctified in the midst of difficulty? Right. Um, I don't know. These are Those are just a few thoughts that, that are coming to... So awesome thoughts. And the two things that I would say in response to that is, number one, we have on the Verge room wall a slogan that says the best is yet to come i've always you know my grandfather signed his letters that way too it's kind of like the christian oh i didn't know that yeah the christian reminder that um you know no matter how hard life gets Mm -hmm. we do have the best still coming yeah and that's true because even if the lord i think about our like would i say this in the midst of you know living in 1940 poland yeah. Uh, as as a Jewish person, would I would my Christianity uphold mm. this thinking? And I probably I, I think I would really struggle because the mm. the situations that we face today are things like that the Big Ten football season was canceled. Yes. March right. Madness <laughs> like March Madness didn't year. happen. Yeah. This is terrible. I'm bored. Like that's <laughs> this type of stuff. It's not like I've been displaced from my home yeah. and and all of our society is changed in a substantial way like it was back then. So I, I'd really be curious to know what was the perspective of people facing that type of tragedy. But I think yeah. that the records of faith show mm-hmm. that the presence of God in the midst of those trials really is a dear joy and delight to the Christian. Yes. Um, and so we have to believe the best is yet to come. 
even if it means having more difficult days up until our end, mm. that is the hope of our faith is that even if this kills me, yeah, life is coming, right? Mm. We have we have a living hope because it's conquered our greatest enemy, which mm-hmm. is death. Um, and so I, I think about it that way. We're like, yes, ultimately we are we're gonna have the greatest year ever in eternity. Yeah. And so whatever happens, as long as I'm pulled towards God in an increasing way, I think it could be the greatest year ever. But I also I, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that we get a vaccine or some remedy, you know, in the in the next couple of months, and all of a sudden. You know, football games are back on. You know, University of Tennessee's playing, and I know that's like that's they're like, losing. That, yeah, they're losing for sure. We know that, but that's like you know, Saturdays in Tennessee is that's the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's that's culture is back in action, and you know, then the Oscars are back on TV, and your sitcoms are going, and your kids yeah. back in little league, and all of a sudden schools back in session, and you're racing from piano lessons to soccer practices to all the you know Oana and, and you're coming to church on Sunday and you're having your vacation in Italy and all these things are just back in action and we are no longer dependent upon God. Mm-hmm. What I'm terrified of is 2022. I'm afraid that we as a church might forget the lessons we've learned here in the valley to be close to the Lord. Why Why will you not fear no evil? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah. Um, when we get out of the valley and back to a, a place where there are green pastures, I'm afraid that we're going to fall back into how does that guitar sound on a Sunday morning? Yeah. And and thinking that that's the measure of church, or I'm going to worry about like how many kids came out to our lock-in mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like, is my heart resting in the fact that no matter what I'm facing, God will provide for me. It's the difference between programming your own life and walking through the life that God leads you. Yeah. And I think in 2020, we've all had to deprogram our life yeah. and just walk through the life that God leads us uh, in. And that's hard. I agree. It's a hard thing, but I found that this is, it's um, at the same time, I think joyful, hmm. joyful to do it. I mean, I think you and Christina are going to look back in 20 years. What are you going to say about 2020? Oh man, that, I mean, just how fortunate we are that whatever we thought was like true suffering is, is not suffering. Hmm. Like, I mean, I think we've, we're, we're very fortunate to be where we are. Um, and we get to experience love at such an intimate level this year. Um, so I, I mean, I would look back at this year, um, feeling just incredibly fortunate for sure. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to check in with you. <laughs> I'll set it on a Google calendar. 2040. Yeah. 2040. We're going to check in. <laughs> we'll be on our 1000 millionth episode yeah. of, of this show. Well, anyway, the good musings. Thanks for indulging me guys. Uh, but I also think our perspective is important for yes, us on the following faith podcast to think about how do we follow how do we follow? God? How do we follow God in difficult situations is important. So, Scott, we um we got a question. Yeah. We gotta we gotta talk through today. Yes, yes. On to the catechism. Yeah, man. We are uh, on to question six. On to question six, uh, and I'll just start and read it off. Well, maybe we recap from last week. Question five last week. What no, else? We're, we're on question five. Bro. Oh, we are on question five. Yeah. Sorry, we're doing question six tonight for high school. It's we're okay. on question uh, five. So last week, question four. Uh, was how and why did God create us? We talked about um, God's creative process a little bit. Yep. That we were created, God created out of uh, the spoken word, right? And then we were created for a specific pur- purpose to live for his glory. Um, and then the catechism leads to this next question. Uh, well, God created us. This question five, what else did God create? 
I love this question because it's a question <laughs> that uh, you ask your little kid when they're two. Totally. Yes. I remember, uh, I think Graham right now is learning the song like, uh, God made me, God made me, God made everything. Uh, and that's Wait, the can answer. You sing that again. For- I don't know how the tune oh, okay. goes, but the, the words are "God made me, God <laughs> made me, God made everything," and uh, that's that's like uh, answer four, right? Mm-hmm. And answer five, mm-hmm. like he yeah. he made it all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we could we could geek out a little bit on the da- the order of the days of creation and how God set up the world, uh, so, such that humans become the pinnacle crown jewel of His creation. Mm who also are invested with this authority and dominion by God to be able to rule over everything and what it means to be good stewards of that creation. But um, God, the answer has got to be God created all things, right? Yeah. All things. I think it's interesting too, we get question four and question five. Question four begins with humanity, which was created last. And then we get to question five, created all things. And you have people that work through a catechism. Um, it's interesting that we focus on ourselves, right? Like, yeah. I originally, I want to know that God yeah. created me. And I, yeah. I even love that song. Like God created me, God yeah. created me, God created me, God created everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at first I'm like, well, that's really egotistic. But second, I think as creations on the sixth day, the crowning jewel of God's creation was humanity. Mm-hmm. There is uh, an innate value. Humanity is at a of a, a place of higher importance and value than the rest of creation. And so yep. at first I look at the distinction in the questions and I'm like, well, that seems very selfish, yeah. very self human centered. Um, but really you are highlighting humanity, which is the image of God. And so yeah. at the end of the day, um, anything that values humanity is valuing God. But yes. I also love how God saw these other things and considered them good. Yeah, absolutely. Like how, yeah. Gorgeous, how gorgeous that is and how that just reveals the the, the content of God's nature. Mm. Um, that even though we are seated higher above um, plants and animals, that these things are still are still good, which really blows your mind when you look up and, and see the stars in the sky and you're like, oh, that's that's not just good. That's that's so amazing. Mm. Yeah. And to consider that that God sees us even higher than that, like yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> I hear the stars are even more beautiful in Jamaica. That's what, they, that's what they tell me. That's what they tell me. I think, um, yeah, Scott, to your, to your point, Daniel, to your, to your point as well, um, We, when we think about the fact that God created everything and then yet he also created us, it situates us, right? Mm. It puts us into perspective. Psalm 8 does an amazing job uh, with this. Uh, David uh, is asking the question, you know, when I look at this, the heavens, the, the stars, the moons that you put there, what is man? Mm. Like, who are we that you're mindful of us, the son of man that you care for him? You made him, and then he goes on to say, you made him a little lower than the angels um, and crowned him with glory, uh, meaning that that uh, we have our place in this world. Yeah. And our place is to, to rule and to reign. And I, what I love about the answer that the... Um, the catechism gives. Can we give like the formal, can I read yeah, the formal yeah. answer? So it says, God created all things by his powerful word. Check. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and all his creation was very good to what you just said, Daniel. And then he says, everything flourished yeah. under his loving rule. This, yeah, that's the best part of the answer. Yeah. Everything flourished under his loving rule. And there's this idea that when you live life in line with the way God created us to live, mm. there is this flourishing or let's mm. say it maybe more clearly there's a continual progress of life. 
um, hu- humanity has flourished. We can't deny when God said, be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. that for the most part, humanity has done that, mm-hmm. right? Like there's like 7 billion people in the world. Yeah. I feel like we can check that box. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I know it's, uh, I, you know, like, and that's not to, to denigrate the fact that it's not easy for some people yeah. to have kids or whatnot, but, but as, as a whole, the whole yeah. of humanity has flourished. And that's because God has created us to flourish as a, as a, as a, as a people. Yeah. Um, everything has flourished under his loving. Rule. I love this. Uh, I love the walking through the catechism because it, it does tell like the overall story of scripture. That's what we're walking through. And you can see this is like setting up. This is like foreshadowing of what happens, you know, and everything flourished yeah. under his loving rule. Yeah. And, and you get this like, stop. Yeah. Like, well, what's coming next? <laughs> okay. So, so I was just thinking like, it, uh, the sarcastic part of my soul is like even the weeds in my backyard are flourishing <laughs> under God's loving, loving rule. And a weed is a semantic plant because it's just the plant that's in the wrong location is what gardeners call a weed because hmm. um, it's still part of God's creation. I just I don't want it there. Um, Does that work with mosquitoes too? Is it just semantics with mosquitoes? They're just in the wrong place. No, when God said <laughs> subdue the earth and rule over it, he meant mosquitoes. So <laughs> yeah, no, we take care of those at the Jacobson household. And snakes too. Nothing brings me closer to the Garden of Eden than killing snakes. Um, but yeah, I think of that that idea that God wants us to steward His creation, mm-hmm. and um, I find that to be a really difficult, um, a really difficult task. It's a very convicting task mm. for me. Um, you know, our family has five people in it, and we run through materials and throw out so mm-hmm. much stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just always com- convicted as to the fact that, like, you know, I drive a boat on a lake. That's a beautiful lake. And uh, yet I'm pumping so much CO2 through it and uh, just draining gas through my 305 Chevy engine on my yeah. boat. And what is that? That's just me purely recreating. There's a hmm. form of this, you know, understanding God's creation that is very common, I think, in our day and age that I think we probably need to just check our hearts against. That's to say God created it. And for what purpose? Um, was it for us to use it or was it for us to steward it? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think one of those things we spend and the other one we invest, that's the difference between stewarding. A steward is someone who takes care of and and gives back with interest. Yeah. A consumer is someone who just spends and buys and uses. Um, I think I'm really guilty of looking at God's creation and saying, you know, that piece of land will serve my purposes. How can I use that? Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Part of like, Danny, you, you bought a, a cool piece of property over in Hobart, it backs right up to Lake George. It's like a long. Oh, we're stewarding that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of have to because it's it's yeah. fighting the battle of like uh, weeds and, and 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 oh, poison oak and poison ivy. Oh yeah, everything. But nice. it's a cool opportunity, like like to yeah. worship God in the the creation that He's given you. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, it's a, a really precious thing. Absolutely, man, Scott. Where else can we uh, go with this question? Or do you think we hit it? I I think we hit it pretty well Uh, last week talked about the you know that god spoke out of all of this and i think even this this question we could go into the maybe more scientific part of it by saying there's there are some views out there that say you know god created humanity but everything else was left to develop on its own um and i I don't know i don't know what what they're getting out with this question um it's answering some form of doctrine or belief that they believe christians should should hold and so um, yeah, maybe it's it's getting at the point that some believe that God only created humanity, but you know everything else was left to kind of you know evolve or develop on its own. Um, 
I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I think for sure that it, it's a it's a it's an obstacle that those who would subscribe to theories of like uh, primordial soup uh-huh. um, or or some sort of there was a Gnostic heresy that that means like secret knowledge back mm-hmm. in Paul's day that he combats in Colossians when he says Jesus is the uh, the creator uh the the firstborn so that all things he might be he used the word preeminent and the gnostics thought that emanations or like pieces of god emanated they like radiated out of himself and became the substance of the matter by which we see the world and so they argued that god created just out of his being these emanations jesus then is an emanation and so mm-hmm. he's less he he's less than Created god thing. he can't be yeah. equal with god and paul wants to use the word preeminent because it means he was before that thing emanated out of god yeah. it's a way of saying first or like or, or like prior and um in christianity we've always been fighting this debate we've always been trying to understand our worldview to say everything is here because god wanted it to be here mm-hmm. like this is this is not accidental this is not you know, it's, it's interesting to me that uh, in the world, we have theories of multiverses, but we don't know of one, right? right? Like yeah. there is, we don't know of that other earth that sustains life. And we're desperately spending billions and trillions of dollars to find it. When Christians are, are simply saying, you know, not, hey, the world is flat or the earth is the center of the solar system and the sun revolves around it, like the, the science has debunked in the past, but rather, no, God kind of created Genesis 1, uh, the first six days a perfect, or the first five days, a perfect living condition for humans mm-hmm. to exist, but also for everything else in the world to flourish. Yeah, And um, I just think it always is attacking those types of ideas. So I think you're right to bring it up, but I think we've, we've got a faith that is multifaceted in defense against those ideas yeah. to say God can by his, just speaking into existence, he can make it and he yeah. can sustain it and he can rule over it. And I think this question is leading us, um, you know, from the spoken word of God, the Father, uh, the catechism will obviously lead to the person of Jesus Christ, who mm-hmm. is the word of God. Yeah. Um, it's interesting how the catechism flows, and uh, it's good to to work through these questions and the answers. Yeah. Well, Daniel, uh, we are excited for you. Uh, you're a married man right now, because <laughs> people are listening to this in a, in a couple times, a couple days uh, from when we record it. But um, we we're praying for you guys and yeah. safe travels Thank and all that. We will catch you uh, when you guys come back. Hey, thanks for listening so much to this podcast. We It's a joy for us as uh, pastors of this local church to be able to spend some of our time thinking deeply about issues that connect to our everyday life. And we hope that uh, following this podcast helps you follow Christ even better. Uh, We hope that you'll join us again in the future as we take more steps to know Jesus in a deeper way. Until then, this is the Following Faith Podcast. We'll see you later.